Welcome to the Elevate the Vibe podcast, bringing you juicy convos with thought leaders discussing the wild world of parenting. Half of my practice is life coaching clients. And it doesn't matter, right? If you come to me because you're super anxious about the coronavirus, or if you come to me because you're struggling to stop yelling at your kids, or if you come to me because you're raiding the cabinet every single night and you're 20 pounds overweight and you don't feel like yourself anymore, it doesn't matter what the thing is. Ultimately, it's mindset shift work. And that's what makes it so permanent is the mindset stuff. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Laura Conley. I am your host of the Elevate the Vibe podcast, Katie Berlin. And I'm the other host, the co-host, if you will, of the Elevate the Vibe podcast, Jason Berlin. We are deep in quarantine, and now we also have some intense happenings here in the country that's kind of hard to shy away from speaking about, but we're going to just say a quick bit before we talk about our guest here. Yes. So to give everyone a little bit of context, we record these episodes far in advance. So this episode was recorded at the end of March. It is now June 1st today, 2020. So in between that time, there's a lot that transpires. And over the past few weeks, there have been a lot of injustices that have taken place within our communities, specifically targeting Black Americans. And it's completely heartbreaking and heart-wrenching. And it's so difficult to wrap my mind around and to even try to begin to understand how a huge portion of our country could feel and and be discriminated against. This is one of the hardest times for our country. It's been very difficult for our African-American friends. And when things like this happen, it just hurts really down to the core. And it just really makes you feel like we haven't made progress as a nation. And we have made progress, but there are problems that need to be worked on. We can't sweep them under the rug so much. We have to address them head on. And we have to come together and create positive solutions to move forward together. Or else we're just going to be in a lot of pain and suffering for a long time. And that's one of the reasons that we decided to create this podcast is that we want to bring people with different perspectives, different backgrounds together to collectively elevate the vibe for future generations. This isn't just about, you know, one guest at a time. It's the idea of a movement where we recognize and see people for who they are, the differences that they have, and celebrate them. And we stand with our friends and we stand with this greater community and Black Lives Matter. It's a time for healing and we all need to meditate a little bit on this and really focus on what greater good we want to come from these experiences so we can learn from them, move forward, And all people have to just work together right now to build a bridge for the next generation to come. One of the biggest catalysts to taking action is your mindset and where your mind is. Now we've been in really trying times with both COVID and now the looting, the rioting, the unjust situations that we've seen transpire over the past few weeks. And sometimes you feel really helpless, but taking action is one of the only ways that we can feel like we're doing something. I mean, we listen, we learn, we gain more information and we can take action and taking action 
can take place through specific donations that you make or quote unquote voting with your dollar and supporting businesses that are minority led. And if you're a hiring manager working to make those changes within your organization to see more diversity and a lot of this comes down to mindset. You have to be mindful of it. And I know with a lot of our guests, we talk about mindset and what an important piece of the puzzle that is. And for our guest today, Laura Conley, mindset is a big piece of what transitioned her work and her relationship with food and her body. Now, I know with such a heavy topic, we're moving into like a very bubbly, uplifting show today. Uh, Laura's got great energy And we don't want to take away from the message that she has to share. So without further ado, let's welcome Laura to the show. All right. Well, welcome, Laura. Thanks, guys. Would you like to introduce yourself to the Vibe Hive audience? First of all, the Vibe Hive is the best name ever. I'm obsessed. I'm definitely in the Vibe Hive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, sure. Okay, so I'm Laura Conley. Like you guys know, I am a life coach and a weight loss coach. My brand is The Yummy Mummy. And so I help moms who have been struggling for decades, yo-yo dieting and like riding on this emotional and physical roller coaster of weight loss and weight gain and weight loss and weight gain finally overcome it and weigh their dream come true weight, like end the drama with food, the struggle, and like really actually love their bodies. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. And we want to get a little background on where you grew up and sort of what led you on this path to where you are. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So my husband makes fun of me because anytime we're out and we meet new people, they're like, we're from St. Louis. I'm like, oh, I was born there. They're like, oh, um, you know, the next set of people will be like, oh, yeah, like we went to school in Boston. I'm like, oh, I'm from Boston. Like, literally, I feel like I am. I'm from Boston. I do claim Boston as my hometown. Um, But I feel like I've spent time in all parts of the country. And honestly, I mean, don't tell the Bostonians, but LA and Santa Monica definitely have my heart because I feel like I spent my formative years there. I mean, obviously it's where I met you guys. Um, And we were there for like the last 15 years. Now we're in Colorado. So yeah, so I'm from all over, but I kind of claim Boston as my hometown. And then Santa Monica has a piece of my heart. So That's kind of it, Um, but I went to school in North Carolina, and that's where I met my husband, Um, and I was a psychology major there and loved psychology. Like, I was obsessed with it. Like, I just genuinely chose, like, a major that I liked learning about, and then when I realized that in order to become, like, a psychologist, you have to go to, like, six more years of school, I was like, no, not doing that. But it's so funny that it's come full circle and I ended up becoming a coach um, because I think ultimately what I really wanted was to help people. I just didn't want to have to go to 10 years of school to do it. So it's kind of funny looking back um, and seeing that I chose that as my major and then the trajectory that ensued from there. Right. So 
I think it was five or six years ago I got my first coaching certification and then have gotten several more um, since then. And so, yeah. Yeah. And when you were in undergrad, you ended up out of school working in pharmaceutical sales. Correct. So I had like a good run in terms of like a sales career. So I got out of school. I was like, I don't want to go to school for six more years. I want to make money. Like, and I don't, I mean, I like on purpose say that because I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to make money. And I know Katie, you and I both kind of feel this way and I'm, I'm here to help erase or mitigate some of the shame that's around that, especially for women. Like it's totally fine to want to make money and want to make a, like a lot of money. And so when I first got out of school, I was like, I want to make money. So I chose a sales career. And then like a couple of years into my sales career, I was like, oh my God, this is just, this is not fulfilling. So then I went all the way to the end of the other spectrum and worked for Habitat for Humanity in nonprofit, obviously, which was great, but there was no money in it. And so now I feel like from a financial perspective, becoming a coach is like the perfect marriage. I get to help people and I get to um, create my own fate in terms of income and, you know, supporting my family. And I love, love what my coach teaches about um, wanting to earn money. She's like, why don't you set a goal for yourself, like a financial goal goal for yourself and your business as a way, as a marker that represents how many people you're helping. Because so many people, right, like so many coaches and so many people in my or our industry are like, I just want to help people. It's fine. You know, I don't need to make money. It's totally cool. And then they end up helping like two people. But if you set yourself up with this big goal of like, I'm going to make a million dollars in the year 2023 or whatever it is, like how many people then have you helped because you're using that as a marker? So I, I just like like that concept a lot. Yeah, it's definitely a mindset switch when you think about the process like that. And I know that how we first met and how how Jason and I first met you was through yoga. And we had been on a couple different retreats and you had hosted those retreats. And part of what you had offered was coaching sessions. And you had gone through that very first program that you referenced and you were talking to us about this is how you can set up a framework to create, ultimately create the life that you desire and the life that you want. And part of that was the complete visualization of the life that you dream of. And what does that look like? What does that almost feel like, taste like, smell like? Mm. And I think you broke it down in like, how do you envision yourself in one month? How do you envision yourself in one year? How do you envision yourself in five years? So then you set like, you know, goals, like a ladder all the way up there. And I remember that really helped me because I was like, well, I want a Jag this year, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or like, you know, I want a Lamborghini in five years. So it's like, well, I know I can't get a Lamborghini like tomorrow, but you know. I don't know, not to like. I think that's so helpful. I love that because I I actually think it's so helpful to go far out, like you're saying, like go five or 10 years out because then your brain doesn't like seize up on you and it it like allows the possibility, right? In 10 years, it's totally possible for you to have a Lambo. 
or like a Ferrari, right? Your brain doesn't freak out. Whereas if you're like, oh, I want to get a Lamborghini in like a month, your brain's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> so I love like going way far out into the future and then working backwards. It's so, it's so cool. And then, and then five years arrives and then there you are. And you're like, whoa, that wasn't even that hard. Driving by. Wave, I got two Lambos. Waving so in your Lambo. <laughs> But coming back to the yoga piece and the abundance piece, which you're talking about, or the mindset of how you're helping people, there's so many people that are in a career of yoga and they have a mentality that I love what I do, but I just don't really get paid a lot of money and they almost become okay with that. And I love that you have transitioned from a mindset where it's, parlaying, I want to help people and take that through a process to make it on a bigger scale. And how can I take my learnings from psychology, from when I was uh, teaching yoga, hosting retreats, building that business, moving it through coaching all the way until now where you are helping not only people, but mainly women and moms get past some of those mental roadblocks when it comes to their health their relationship with food and the stage that they set for their children and their children's relationship with food. Yeah. I actually heard on a podcast a couple of weeks ago and what they were talking about was this idea of like, what if our children and our grandchildren thought we were bananas for dieting? Like, what do you mean you counted calories? Like what's a calorie? Like, and then I was, I was like, I want that. I was like, I want that. I want to create that. That's what I've been trying to articulate, I think, for so long and saying, look, I am here to help women uh, reverse this legacy that we are passing down sometimes without even knowing it, right? And so I'm like, that is the most beautiful way to articulate it. Like, I want to be sitting there and my grandkids, even my daughter, I'm like going to go big and even my daughter to be like, wait, I don't understand. I don't get it. You used to have an app on your phone where you would record what you ate. Like what? Like how we think about smoking, you know, it's like the same idea, right? Like we think it's crazy that so many people smoked and it was just commonplace. That's what I want for the generations to come. That it's just, it's not even a thing. And yeah, so that's a huge motivator for me, for sure, to kind of reverse what we've been doing for now two, three, four generations. I think like our generation grew up in the time of crazy step aerobics, mm -hmm. slim fast. Mm -hmm. Unitards. Uh, yeah, some, some of those, I don't even remember their names, but like definitely diet. Thigh master pills. aerobics. Oh, how about snack wells? My mommy's always has snack wells. Oh, yeah. Snack wells. <laughs> yeah, like Nutri-Grain bars were nutritious, too. Yeah. I was like, nah, that's just a pile of carbs right, right. there and Every, some fake fruit. Everything was like <laughs> low fat, low sugar, and that meant that it was healthy for you. Yeah. High to preservatives. Yeah. Today, I mean, there's so many different methodologies that people will use and say, this method of eating works for me. This type of nutrition process works for me. And that might not necessarily work with someone else's body type or their goals. So with your program and the work that you do with coaching women or moms, if people come and they say, okay, I've tried all of these diets, I've 
I'm right now I'm really having a lot of success with paleo or keto or I'm a raw vegan. How do you work with them if they're in that mindset? It's such a good question because, well, first of all, I don't prescribe anything to any client ever because it doesn't work. Like if that worked, we would all weigh exactly what we wanted to weigh. We'd all be in the bodies that we want to be in. We'd all be at our natural weight. Like if that worked, we would all just have gone out and bought like the South Beach diet book and we would have done it and now we would be here. But it doesn't work. Like you're saying, like everybody is completely different. And so I totally recommend things and protocols for my clients based on what they come to me with and based on like a whole big intake. But there's never a prescription because ultimately, like, and I know I used to do this all the time. Ultimately, if someone prescribes something to me or like my personal trainer or my nutritionist prescribes something to me and it's like, this is it. This is, this is what you have to do. I will do it for like a couple weeks, a couple months, and ultimately I will rebel. It's human nature. Like unless, um, unless the client has total buy-in, it's just not going to work. So we create what we call like their protocol. I mean, you could say diet, whatever, but we create their protocol together. And then it's constantly, not every day, but every two weeks, it's, it's getting tweaked. Is it working? Is it not working? And the idea of the protocol is first and foremost to balance their hunger hormones because so many of us, like Jason was saying, right? Like we've been on the Nutrigrain bars or we've been on whatever else, whatever thing that we've been on. We sort of have to like, get to um, a baseline and see like how is our body responding without getting into the science of it how is our body responding to our hunger hormones because a lot of us have too much insulin in our bodies and insulin is a fat storage hormone so we kind of try to get you guys get you guys get my clients <laughs> to baseline and then go from there. But honestly, if you look at all my clients and then you look at all their protocols, they're all completely different and it's what works for them. And that's why the yummy mummy, or that's why my program works because it's totally customized. And you guys know that non-customized programs don't work. I mean, like I said, if those worked, then we would all do them and we'd all weigh exactly what we wanted to. So, so when, when you were first introduced to this, how did you decide that this was a path that you wanted to pursue and what was the success like for you? So half of my practice, to be fair, is still life coaching clients. Like, and it doesn't matter, right? If you come to me because you're super anxious about the coronavirus, or if you come to me because you're struggling to stop yelling at your kids, or if you come to me because you're raiding the cabinet every single night and you're 20 pounds overweight and you don't feel like yourself anymore, it, it doesn't matter. You can come to me with anything. Like, it doesn't matter what the thing is. Ultimately, it's the same work. It's my, you know, Katie, it's like mindset shift work. And that's what makes it so permanent is the mindset stuff. So yes, when I first got into coaching, a lot of it was general life coaching. A lot of it, like we were talking about before, was like vision and goals coaching. And then I really did want to choose a specific niche. 
Um, cause I thought I could help more people if I was super clear on like what I offered. And I looked at my life and the yo-yoing was my biggest struggle. And the thing that I overcame that I thought I would never overcome. So I had Luna. This was like, whatever, almost three years ago. And I was like, okay, I have this baby weight. I got to lose this baby weight. And I was like, prior to that, just to give you guys a little bit of context, prior to that, I I sort of like threw in the towel with weight loss. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to be the girl that's always yo-yoing. This is just going to be my lifelong challenge. Everybody has challenges in their lives. This is just going to be my thing. And I sort of like... Surrender is not the right word because it was more like I was defeated in it, right? Like I felt like it had won. And then when I had Luna, I was like, you know what? F this. No, like I'm going to lose this weight in a healthy way. There has to be a way for me to eat food, weigh my natural weight. And like, like there has to be a way for me to not starve myself in order to weigh what I want to weigh. Like, the, like I was just on a mission to crack this code. So, um, and like I was saying before, I was also on a mis- mission to like clean up my stuff so that I didn't pass it down to Luna. Even if I, you know, promise not to weigh myself in front of her or promise to like pretend I was being healthy. Like, We all know as parents that like our kids are going to pick up on what we're modeling. They're like, it's not really what we're saying. Like they are going to, she's going to see right through that. So I went on a crazy mission to clean it all up. The mind stuff, the body stuff, the food stuff, everything. And I was just determined and I got super lucky because I um, was studying under a new coach called Brooke Castillo. If you guys haven't checked her out, she's amazing. Um, She runs a life coach school. So, and I had been following her for when I gave birth to Luna, say I'd been following her for a year or two, but I'd only been following really her life coach stuff, not her weight loss coach stuff, because I was like getting pregnant. I was like pregnant. I was like, obviously not going to like lose weight while I was pregnant. So anyways, um, I was like, you know what? Her methodology is something that I have not studied or explored. She's so legit with every single other piece of coaching and advice and programming. I was like, I'm going to, I'll try this. And so I did. And it, it felt like magic. Right. It's not magic because there's work involved, but it felt like magic because I had tried so many other things and those other things just did not work. And it was like banging my head against the wall over and over again. And I was like, God, it's the first time my whole life where I can just eat real food and weigh what I want to weigh and have a really healthy relationship with my body. Genuinely, you guys, I love my body and loved my body, you know, in, in that moment when I was beginning that journey, when I was 20 or 30 pounds over my natural weight. And it was just like the freedom that all of that created for me was like, that's, that's like the best gift, the liberation, the, the amount of mental energy and space I was allowing food and what I was eating, what I wasn't eating to take up in my brain was bananas like crazy embarrassing right and I was like no like I need this mental energy and space to create what I'm here to actually create 
so ironic because I used to spend so much of my coaching practice on vision and goals, right? And so it's so interesting. It's like, I can't even really teach vision and goals to people whose brains are so flooded with diet drama because there's no room to create. And so it was so cool because I got rid of all that. Like, okay, I'm going to start on Monday. I'm going to start my diet on Monday. Oh, what should I do? Should I do keto? Maybe first I'll do a cleanse. I'll do a green juice cleanse. That's what I'll do. Let me go to press and get ready. But tonight I'll totally binge because I'm starting on Monday. And like, that was just a running record player in my, like all day, every day. And so Brooke's stuff um, was total magic. I lived it. And then I got trained in it because I was like, this is just, this is the best thing out there. Like I have to, like, like I say, um, like I told you guys before, like, yes, it was my mission to create that freedom for myself and to be in my natural body and all of that. But then once I got there, it was then my mission to do that for other women, right? Because it's just, it's like the most magical, most freeing, best thing I've ever done. Like, I can't even, I can't even believe I'm sitting here telling you that I'm over that huge obstacle in my life. So amazing. So, I mean, the majority of us, even if we don't necessarily think of it as a food struggle, like maybe you haven't had an eating disorder, but the majority of majority of us have allowed food to play in our minds like that for most of our lives because we do have to eat to live. And like you're saying, it's not a one size fits all for everyone. So you're always trying to figure out like, what is my right path? How do I navigate this? I want to feel good and I want to look good. I don't just want one or the other. Like, Right now in this moment, these fries are satisfying. But then in three weeks when I've been eating these fries every day and I feel like crap and maybe my pants don't fit as well as they used to, yeah. I, I just, I'm not happy. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's pretty, I mean, it's an important message also that we pass down to future generations, like you're saying. So if someone does start in your program, let's say that they've never done anything like this before. They're at that place where they're feeling defeated as well. And they're just like, I, I don't know where to go and I don't really want to do a diet, but I want help and I just want to get started. What does that look like when they have that first coaching call until maybe they've reached success? Yeah. So usually people, I mean, not usually. <laughs> People sign up for six months. So a lot of people want to sign up for like eight weeks, right? Because that's old diet mentality. But it is six months to a year to really overcome this. And then it's still after that, it's a daily practice. Uh, for me, it's just still a daily practice for the most part. Um, but the first call is usually set up like we're it, it depends right because so many of my clients before they come on board I know them because of just how much yoga I've taught over the years so so many people that come to me are my previous students now it's starting to get more word of mouth and I'm doing more marketing and all that so I am getting people that I've never met before so of course we're getting to know each other a little bit but 
we pretty much dive right in. And I, um, I do have them do a little bit of homework prior to that first call. So I do know a little bit about like why they signed up, what their struggles have been. Um, but I like them to dive right in, in terms of us creating a protocol together. And Katie, you know, this, a lot of my coaching is so mindset based, but I go right for the protocol first and then we work on the mindset later because if we set a protocol together, all their mindset stuff, all their mind drama is going to come up, right? Because they're like, I don't want to do a diet. I don't want to weigh myself. I don't want whatever their brain comes up with. Like this is too hard or whatever. Um, Yeah. So we start with the protocol and it depends, right? Like, so I have clients that are like, super gung-ho like they are like let's go I'm game I I don't I will take all the discomfort in the world I'm ready and they'll start um maybe with a protocol that looks like no sugar no flour and then we'll check in and see how that goes then I might have another client that's like "Mm, I really want to start slow I'm not (laughs) Sure, I want to be that uncomfortable. Um, So they may cut sugar, um, but allow for it like two times per week or something like that, right? And so I always recommend no sugar, no flour at the beginning, or at least no sugar or no flour at the beginning, because what that helps us to do is to normalize and balance our hunger hormones, right? Like we used to think like what we were just talking about at the beginning, we used to think that it was all calories in, calories out, calories in, calories out. That was the key to weight loss. Let me tell you guys, 20 years of trying that does not work permanently. It does not work permanently. Yes, it totally works for like two, three weeks. Yeah, it's amazing. But over time, it it's not working because you're your hunger hormones are not balanced. So getting rid of the sugar and the flour will balance out the hunger hormones, your insulin, your ghrelin, your leptin. So like I said before, insulin is signaling to your body to store fat. Every time you eat, you get a little spike of insulin. Now, when you eat sugar and flour, you get a huge spike of insulin. So that means to your body, store more fat. (laughs) And then it screws up your ghrelin and your leptin, which are the hormones that are responsible for telling you when you're hungry and when you're full. So for so many of us, all three of those hormones are totally out of whack. So sometimes our bodies are telling us that we're hungry when we're not actually hungry. We don't actually need food. Or sometimes they're not telling us when we're full, when we're actually full. So we have to balance those out. And again, Every client's different. Some clients are like, no sugar, no flour. Um, Sometimes we do intermittent fasting as well. Some clients are like, okay, how about no sugar every other day? And we start slowly. And so it just depends. And then clients, like I just have this client right now, we're adding a little bit of sugar back into, it's actually a dude, um, back into his diet because he wants to eat his ice cream a couple nights a week. You know what? And that's fine, but we'll do it slow to make sure he can maintain his ultimate goal. Um, So I hope I'm answering your question. Yes, absolutely. And then let's say that it's maybe six months down the road and a client is feeling pretty good and they sort of feel like they've reached their point where they say, I feel confident. I feel strong. I feel like I have the mindset where I can do this. 
Yeah. Depending on whatever their goal is, what, what does that usually look like for someone? Well, I think coaching is a little different than therapy. People always want like the comparison, but like the goal is, can I get you to a place where you can coach yourself? Right. Can I get you a place to a place where you have inner accountability? Sometimes that takes six months. Sometimes that takes two years. But my goal is not to be your coach for 20 years. Right. My goal is to be your coach for six months. Some people are like, ooh, I'm good to go with my weight loss and my body and my food drama. But now I want to work on my marriage or now I want to work on my anxiety or now I want to work on my dream job or whatever. So a lot of people will continue because they want to because they see the benefits in this one area of their life and they want to continue to apply it to another area. It just, it just totally depends. And it's so funny. It's like, we always know, like, like me and the client always know, like, okay, like if they're going to do another six months or another, like three months from there, you can always tell when it's complete and when they want more. And so it kind of, I kind of almost let it, be in flow, so to speak, right? Like I almost like let the, not that I'm not woo-woo, but I almost like let the universe decide when the six months is over. Um, but two other things I'll say about that, like I still highly encourage my clients to do the self-coaching. So it's not over. And that's another piece of it. Like you said, what do you do on that first call? Yes, we, we designed the protocol, but then we also talk about like, the homework, which is super important, which is journaling every single day. I don't care if it's two minutes, but I want my clients writing every single day, like what they are thinking and feeling about their food and their body, because that is so important. And so after that six months, I still want them doing that because we're never done, right? Like the best and the worst news, we're never done on this journey of self growth, whatever you want to call it, of personal development, whatever, we're just never done. Like there's always going to be an opportunity and it will creep back in for me. Like, Oh, I feel like I'm totally complete on this food and body thing. And then all of a sudden Brian will make banana bread, my husband, and I'll be like, Oh my God. (laughs) Right. But so I I think that we, we have to continue our our personal practice, whatever that looks like. But I, I think it's, the most impactful to sit down with your journal for two days and to look at your thoughts on paper or for two minutes and look at your uh, thoughts on paper. And then the second thing I'll say is like I was saying, there's this inner accountability piece that I really want to teach my clients. Like I, you guys, I thought there was no such thing for me personally in terms of having inner accountability. Like I would be, I was the girl that was like always telling my husband, Hey, can you make sure that when we go to this party that I don't eat any of the cookies from the cookie tray? Like promise, like promise me you'll help me. And my husband would be like, yeah, okay. And then finally he was like, babe, like this is up to you. And I was like, (laughs) like literally I'll tell you guys a quick story. So when we lived in Santa Monica, we lived in a small apartment, you know, with like many other apartments right around us. And we got these new neighbors. And whatever, they had just moved in. And I, meanwhile, like, I don't know, I had to get something from underneath the bed because, of course, our apartment was so small, so we use it for storage. I had to get something from underneath the bed, and I found chocolate-covered peanut butter stuffed pretzels under the bed. And I was like, babe, 
what the hell? Why didn't you hide these better? What is wrong with you? Like, this is not a good hiding spot. You knew I was going to find these. And of course, I proceeded to eat all of them. And it was his fault. So our new neighbors overheard this fight that we had. <laughs> about me yelling at him because he didn't hide the chocolate covered peanut butter stuff. <laughs> he had some nerve. Come yeah, on, Brian. Like worst husband ever. So, anyways, I was just this girl that was constantly looking for outer accountability. That's why I hired this personal trainer and this nutritionist and this blah blah blah. Get my friends to do a challenge with me. Yada 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 yada. And that's great. Outer accountability is amazing as long as on the way you're teaching inner accountability. Because if you can teach inner accountability when it comes to anything, you are unstoppable. Your confidence will skyrocket. You can literally, like, that's how I feel now with this weight loss thing, right? Like, it's like, it's kind of like good and bad because I'm kind of like, oh shit, like, I could do anything now, <laughs> right? Because I can keep my word to myself. So I think that myself I can do anything in the whole world that's a big piece of it I think that you build confidence when you make a promise to yourself and you keep it yes you could not have said that better it's so it, true and that's what this weight loss is right because you create this protocol and it's this promise to yourself and it's this promise rooted in in health and energy and vitality and I mean all the whys right everybody has got a different why for for why they want to you know be in their dream come true body and free themselves from the food drama but Keeping your word to yourself is the best gift that this whole coaching thing gives you. So I always say, like, let outer accountability, let outer accountability, like, be the gateway drug to inner accountability because that's a secret to life. Yeah, I think so many of us look to outside influences to sort of be the fix or the solve when we all know, like we all really do know it does come from within. Yeah. Oh. We all, yeah, we all, like, <laughs> it, it would be yeah. so much easier too. It would be so much easier if Brian could just manage my brain and control the food that I take, put in my hand and then put it into my mouth. It'd be so much easier <laughs> if he could just do all that for me, but it would never be as rewarding, right? And then again, you would find a way to rebel and exactly yeah exactly right yeah. or what I'm finding too and I want to talk about this um with my clients um is this idea if we do have accountability uh, accountability like with our husband or with our friends because I used to do a lot of like fun challenges in terms of like being healthy and losing weight and whatever with my friends but the moment that I would be at a party with my friends and then I I would see them eating the cupcake or like the entire cheese pot. I'd be like, hey, like they're not supposed to be eating that. Okay, well, screw it. Then I'm not going to eat. Then I'm going to eat the thing too. And it's like this sick kind of rebellious kind of good feeling, you know? So I do think accountability is great to an assert, like to a certain extent. Now, part of your why is creating this environment where your children in the future never have to think about anything like this. Like it's not even really a thought on their radar. It's just like, okay, food is nutritious and I eat it and it's healthy and it gives me energy and I play and live and go about my day. Yeah. And you had posted, I think it was either in an email or it was a post 
via Instagram where so much of the reward system that we work in with our children can be tied to food and how mentally damaging that can be from a young age. Like, okay, well, if you act really good, we can have ice cream on the way home. Mm -hmm. Well, I caught myself. I caught myself. I know exactly what post you're referring to because I was at the playground. My daughter at the time, I think she was only like 18 months-ish, let's just say, around around then. And she was start, starting to have like a meltdown, right? Because she's 18 months and because it's normal and because 18-month-old babies have meltdowns at the park. And I said hey babe like hey Luna or whatever hey Luna do you want some whatever insert whatever pretzels or watermelon or whatever I had and um I mean I literally stopped myself in the track in my tracks like interrupted myself and I was like oh my god I'm using food to try to like I'm almost like teaching her to eat her emotions right then and there at 18 months I was like of I mean it's giving me the chills right now I'm like of course course this has been so hard because it is thick and it's like it's like my, my mom did such a good job in terms of what she passed down to us and I still like dealt with it for 20 years because of the culture that we're being raised in because we're taught hey if you're upset here's a little piece of food so you can feel better right so of course we're all eating our emotions especially right now and so now I try, I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> I am currently bribing my daughter with ice cream if she poops on the potty. But <laughs> other than that. I do the same thing with Jason. <laughs> <laughs> right? But but what I have become so poignantly aware of is when she's crying and when she's upset, it's okay. And that is like the best mantra for like us as human adults when we're upset or anxious or worried or scared or uncertain or whatever our emotion is like that's normal and it's okay it doesn't mean that we need to eat the emotion like this is this is what I think is so powerful especially given what's going on right now with the coronavirus so many of my clients and so many of the people out there right like are feeling a really strong emotions, valid ones, fear, worry, anxiety, like I just said, uncertainty, whatever. And no one ever taught us how to feel our emotions. What they taught us to do was to eat our emotions or drink our emotions or over am- or Amazon our emotions or whatever the thing is. It's like, no, that there is a choice. And that that is a huge opportunity for you to feel your uncomfortable, totally appropriate emotions. And so now I just use my daughter as an example. She's so good at it. Like she's so good at just feeling her emotions. She doesn't think it's a problem that she's sad or mad or jealous. It's not a problem. It's just a vibration in her body. She's so good at processing it through. So I guess the, I guess the issue comes in when you're a parent and you're at the park and your child has been crying for six to 10 minutes straight and they're saying, treat, treat. Treat, 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 sweet. And you're like, no, honey, no, honey. I want you to feel that you don't need a treat. Like how long until you give in to that? Or then what's your alternative method there? Well, I think for us as parents, we know our kids best. So 
So you know if your kid is genuinely hungry or if your kid just wants sugar, right? And I think what you're tapping into is so important. I think so many of us parents just want to give the treat so that we can feel better, so that our kid will just shut up and then we can feel better, right? Because we were not taught to feel our emotions of maybe if you're at the park and your kid's screaming bloody murder for murder for 10 minutes, we might feel embarrassed. That's totally fine. That's not a, it's not a problem for us to be embarrassed. That's normal. But what we want to do is fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Like, like give the treat, give in so that we can feel better instead of just managing our emotions and knowing that it's not a problem for us to have a negative emotion and to breathe with it and to be with it and to sit with it instead of trying to fix it. Like I think so many of us, I catch myself doing this all the time. Um, I'm super guilty of it. I want my kid to stop crying or to go to sleep or to do whatever the thing is I think they should do so I can feel better. No, it's my job to manage my emotions. not my kid's job to manage my emotions. It's a huge responsibility you're putting on a two-year-old or a three-year-old or a 10-year-old or whatever. So, so yeah, I think, I think as parents, we know what's, we deep down, we have that inner knowing and we know, is it time for a snack? Are they genuinely hungry? Or is, are they meant to be having a temper tantrum and we're meant to be feeling uncomfortable and all of that's okay. What do you think about processing emotions in front of them? Like, let's say that something happened for you and it was difficult for you. Mm -hmm. Do you think that as parents, we should let them see that and say like, hey, this is, you know, this happened and I feel upset and this is what I'm doing to help myself feel better. It's okay. Like your mom cries, your dad cries. This is normal. I mean, I think it's like super important to allow yourself to have your human experience in front of your kids. Because again, it's like we were talking about before, modeling, right? Like how else are your kids going to know that it's okay to feel their emotions? How else are they going to know that being sad or angry or scared is normal unless you show them that you have those emotions too? And of course, um, I think doing it in an appropriate way though too and like giving a lot of words and descriptions around it for sure like um what happened it was a couple weeks ago Brian was out of town um like Phoenix was more needy my my five-month-old was more needy than normal and Luna was sick and she was crying and I just like burst into tears, right? Because they'd both been crying for like an hour and a half, let's say. And I just burst into tears and she's like, mommy, what's wrong? And, and I just told her, you know, it's hard. You guys have both been crying. I'm crying. I'm overwhelmed. This is, it, it's hard. We're all upset and that's okay. And so, yeah, I totally just, um, give words to whatever I'm going through. Um, and I totally cry in front of her. Well, and of course, in front of my son too, but he's five months old. So he's not exactly there yet, but, <laughs> but I, I don't want to leave him out. So yeah, so I totally cry and, um, am emotional in front of, um, my kids. And I think, I think there's no other way. Um, I do think it's important to be very clear about where that line is, though. 
because there are useful negative emotions and then there are not useful negative emotions in my opinion. So um, do I scream and yell and like throw something across the kitchen at my husband because he didn't take out the trash? No. In front of my kids? No, absolutely not. Like I do my best. And if Brian and I do, we don't like yell at each other, but we might, might have like a little mini tip where there's a tone happening. And then I'll explain that to Luna too. Um, I might say, Luna, like me and, me and babe, (laughs) I call him to her and to him, obviously, um, you know, or me and dad or whatever, me and dad just had a disagreement. It has nothing to do with you. We totally love you. We just got a little carried away about whatever the thing is. Right. And so we're not perfect humans. So yes, sometimes we are going to get a little mad or frustrated or whatever in front of our kids. And I think going back to our kids and saying, this is what happened, has nothing to do with you is super important. So, so yeah, I really try not to yell at my husband in front of my kids. I really try not to yell at my kids, but if it does happen and it probably will, because I'm a human, you know, occasionally, not very often, then I do go back and, and try to explain that to her. And let her know um, that it has nothing to do with her and, you know, and I'm sorry and I make, you know, moms make mistakes and all that too. So it's definitely a balance. Um, I did this thing on, (laughs) I have my clients do this all the time where I'm like, if it comes up that they've been beating themselves up for having the, whatever, the chocolate chip cookie with the sea salt on top warmed up with a side of ice cream and it comes up <laughs> that they eat that they eat the thing right and then they're beating themselves up I'm like today is the day right May 25th 2019 today is the day we mark it in stone that you just don't beat yourself up anymore and um and that really works and I do that with my kids too so I I decided on 220 2020 I just do not yell at my kids. It is just the deal that I made with myself. I do not do it. And then I don't do it except for once or twice since then. Right. <laughs> but then if I do it, like if I, if I raise my voice, and I'm like, Ooh, is that a yell? Or was that just like tonal? Like, what was that? I just say, Ooh, that was total. Like, Ooh, that wasn't me. That was totally by accident. I don't do that anymore. And like, so it's just a reminder, like I decided February 20th, 2020, I don't yell at my kids anymore. And if like my humanness, like, you know, sneaks back in there and I happen to do it, I just say, oh, we don't do that anymore. Remember, we made that rule. We don't do that. And that, that just really works for me. I don't know. I love that. That I, I feel like um, Jen Sincero is, oh, I love her. Yeah, she, I think she has a tip like that. Like for people that were trying to quit smoking or whatever it is, it's like, oh, we just don't do that anymore. I just don't, I I don't do that. That's not what I do. Yeah, it's so helpful. Yeah, like that was the old, after this date, I just don't do that anymore. Yeah, so good. I probably did get that from her because I love her. And every time I read her her book over and over again, (laughs) this is going to sound so arrogant every time I'm reading it though I'm like I feel like I wrote this like she's talking to me like it's like so I don't know she's so good she I love her she definitely pulls from a lot of different places it's it's not always information that you haven't heard before but she distills it down in a way that 
you can really take it away and utilize it. And I think that's what makes it relatable. That's where it's like, oh yeah, like I could have wrote this. Like yeah, this yeah. is like in my head and yeah. coming out on paper. Yeah. <laughs> I could have wrote it except for I didn't. Um, <laughs> so no, she, yeah, she has such a beautiful way of articulating it that like makes it sink in. So yeah, I just love that. Um, but I don't know. Did I answer your question, Jason? I feel like I'm... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was good. Thank you. (laughs) So I want to leave the audience with a key takeaway. Yeah. So I think, I mean, and we touched on this a little bit. I think that it's just super important and insightful to write every single day, right? And then, of course, if you don't write on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, that's not a reason for you to not write on Tuesday, And so what I would recommend is that you just set a timer for five minutes and like do a brain dump or a mind dump, like just get like, so if you're somebody that wants to work on their food drama or wants to work on weight loss or wants to work on loving their body, I would just write body at the top of the page and then mind dump every single thought that you have about your body, good, bad, neutral, everything, and just get it on the paper. When you can see that on the paper, then you can see, oh, I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my brain. It's two different things. Like there's our brain and our thoughts. And then there's us. Like there's Laura Conley and then there's Laura Conley's brain. It's two totally different things. I mean, this is what's so cool about being humans. We're the only species that can actually watch ourselves think. And for so many of us, it's, it's hard to watch ourselves think. So how do we make it easier? We put the thoughts on the paper and then we can really see them and we can create space. And we're like, oh, that's not me. And what, what's also cool about that is our thoughts are choices. Every single thought is a choice. Why didn't anyone teach us that? I don't know. That goes back to like, why can't we learn how to feel our feelings instead of learn trigonometry? I'll solve that later. But anyways, it's just another way to like look at your thoughts and be like, ooh, I don't ever have to think that thought again. Like that thought is not serving me. It's like Marie Kondoing your brain, right? You're like taking all the clothes out of your closet, putting them in a big pile and then picking each one up and saying, does this spark joy? Does this spark joy? Does this spark joy? You can you can just, you know, very nicely give it away to goodwill or whatever, you can give away your thoughts. You don't have to think them again. And if your brain does offer that thought again, you can just be like, we were kind of just talking about, just be like, brain, hey, like, we don't think that anymore. Like, thank you for offering that. But I get like, you're trying to probably protect me or whatever you're doing. um, Because our brains like to do that, even though we're not living in caves. And so you can just say that to your brain very nicely. We we're not going to be um, believing that thought anymore. We're not I, I see you're offering that to me. But no, thank you. <laughs> so, so that would be my one takeaway. Set your timer five minutes and just do a mind dump. It can be a themed mind dump or it can just be a mind dump and it does not matter. And I do think it's helpful to read back over the thoughts and to notice if they're serving you. Do you like a morning practice or an evening practice for that better? Well, now that we've talked about the fact that I have a two-year-old and a five-month-old, my practice happens at different times every single day. <laughs> like full disclosure, like if everything was perfect, of course, I would like a morning practice where there's a candle lit and everything's quiet and there's maybe some music going. That you've never got 18 out. years until that happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
yeah, mine, mine's on my calendar. It is on my calendar. I'll put it in my work day um, because that's how important it is. Like I, you know, if, if I'm not doing that work, how can I show up? So I do put it in my work day. And then sometimes like there'll be an opportunity before my work day like starts, like maybe both kids are napping or they're at preschool or whatever. Um, but it's on my calendar. Um, so I get it in no matter what, even if it gets like shifted a little bit, depending on what's going on on the day. But, but yeah, I would say that is my takeaway journal every day, but like, no matter what, like, even if blah, blah, blah happens because people think, oh, I don't have five minutes. Like, no, you do. First of all, you totally do. And what you will get back from those five minutes, like just in time is exponential. The awareness you'll create, I promise. I will bet, I'll bet all your listeners <laughs> that they will get that time back. All and four of them. Give no, sure. Jeez, come on, honey. Help us just out a little bit. On. All 404 of them. Yeah, so that's my takeaway. It's a good one. And what is a favorite resource that you would like? for the audience okay so parenting resource you guys want a parenting one right so the unruff i mean obviously elevate the vibe podcast number one but <laughs> number two <laughs> unruffled by janet lansbury i think it's so good um she is in the rye camp so if you guys are familiar with rye parenting she um it's really oh my god you guys would love it i know you would you guys would love it so her podcast is really good. Um, she has some good books too. Have I read them, you know, start to finish? No. Have I read any parenting books start to finish? No. So podcasts are so much more like digestible for me and hers are short. Um, and they've really helped me parent the way that I want to parent. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Her resource is good. Yeah, I think so. And then, I mean, I'll also say too, like, you know, I, before I had kids, I like to read all the books about having kids and I still like to buy all the books and listen to the podcast. But then it's like, if you're really asking for a resource, it's like, yes, read the books, do the podcast, listen, listen, listen. But it's like, what are your kids telling you? What are your kids trying to, to articulate, right? Like our kids have this innate intelligence. And if we can just tap into that and tune into that, like that can be our guide. I do like having the podcast and the books for scaffolding, you know, just in terms of like having an idea of where I'm going. But every I've learned this lesson, you guys, so many times. If I just tune in and listen to my kids, they will give me the answer. That's brilliant. We should just leave on that note then. Thank you so much for joining us, Laura. Oh my God, it was oh, wait, so wait, hold up. We want to know where everyone can find you. Oh my God. Yes. You have to come find me. Um, so we can have more fun because this is like too short. Um, so you guys can go to my website. It's lauraconley.com. So it's L A U R A C O N L E Y lauraconley.com. And there you can find links to everything. What's super cool for the elevate the vibe, the vibe hivers is that every single one of you is being gifted with a 15-minute free coaching consult. So this is like a no-strings-attached one, you guys. <laughs> so come 
Um, Katie's going to link it in the show notes. And so you guys will have a little blurb that's just for you so that you can sign up for a 15 minute coaching session and see the power of everything we talked about today. Um, you'll get one takeaway that will make you feel better now for sure. Um, and then, yeah, I'd say other than that, make sure you join the Yummy Mummy Facebook group. It is super fun. We're constantly doing super fun challenges um, inside there. So, Katie, maybe you'll link that too. <laughs> I will link it. Yeah, so the group is called The Yummy Mummy. Yeah. And what's your Instagram handle? It's at Laura Conley Coaching. Great. Well, thank you for joining us, Laura. It's great to see you again. Oh my God. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for doing what you're doing. It's so, so, so important. I love it. It is our pleasure. (laughs) Yes, we were, we love just distilling this information out to the audience and thank you for offering up those sessions. It's so much value. I've had, I've had sessions with Laura. They really can create genuine large shifts in your mind that can allow you to make big changes in your life. From one 15 minute conversation that she and I had is one of the pillars of the reason why I left the corporate world. FYI. Yeah. And went out on my own to do my thing. So yeah. Full circle. It's so fun. Um, You have to have me back on the podcast so that we can hang out again. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you for joining us to Elevate the Vibe. All right. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Hey there, Vibe Hive babes. If this podcast has brought you any value, please rate and review on your favorite listening platform. And if you're feeling really generous, share with a friend. Visit us at elevatethevibe.co for show notes on this episode and previous episodes. This podcast is intended to educate, entertain, and inspire. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions you may have. And as always, thank you for joining us to Elevate the Vibe.